Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Last week we talked about when things get out of order, not only in your relationships, but most anything, but especially in relationships, take three tests. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, number one, what are my motives? What is it that I am really wanting to accomplish? James 3.16 tells us that our own self-seeking to get our way, to make somebody see it our way, is called strife. It is called self-seeking. It's called a self-centered agenda. And that, the Bible says, brings confusion in every evil thing. So I, I told you that what I'm beginning to pray more and more is for the Holy Spirit to reveal to me my motives. What is it that I'm really pushing for behind any disorder that I'm experiencing in my relationships or other areas? What are my motives? Self-check number two. Where is my mind? Jesus said that the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit indwells every believer. Are we listening to the spirit of truth? He's always bearing witness of the truth. Or are we allowing what we see or hear or feel from the outside or even from the inside, our old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving that hadn't been brought under the control and direction of the Holy Spirit? Where is our mind? Is it being true to the mind of Christ? Is it really the truth? And then third, we talked about where is my mouth? Where are my motives, my mind, and my mouth? The Word of God says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21. Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and by your words you will be justified or by your words you will be condemned. Why? Because they're a reflection of your heart. Where's your heart? Our words are powerful agents. And at the tail end of last Sunday's message, we looked at Ephesians chapter 4. I want us to look at it again. And I want us to see on this eighth session of our series on relationships how powerful our words are. Verse 28, let him who steals steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. So you work for a giving, not for a living. Let not corrupt, twisted, rotten, self-centered words. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. How many of you know the word says we've got to put a filter on our tongue? But what is good and for necessary edification, the word edification means building up, building up, internally building up, that it may impart grace, God's favor, God's ability to the hearers. This really has me, my, arrested my attention, uh, not just last Sunday, 
This is something. I want you to look at it. No one corrupt word, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for edification, building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers? Did you hear that? The Word of God is saying that your words can be transfer agents of grace. Your words can be transfer agents of God's favor and ability. They, they can do something nothing else can do. They, they, they are born of the Spirit of God, but they can, they can be that vehicle through which somebody is built up in their inner man, in their faith, in their relationship with the Lord. Your words. You can see this out of the, the, the Word of God. It always intrigues me how when the religious zealots, the Pharisees who were self-righteous, were gathered around a woman while Jesus was carrying out his earthly ministry, and they were about to kill her. They were about to stone her to death because she was caught in the very act of sexual adultery. And so in those days, she was brought in front of the hierarchy of religious leaders for judgment. And the religious leaders, wanting to knock a hole in Jesus' following, said, you know, Moses taught us that we ought to stone her to death. What do you say? And here were the words. Are you listening? Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And then a very interesting passage. And the Bible says, and then beginning with the oldest, going down to the youngest, they all left. Maybe it's true that as we get older, we are a little bit more aware of the holes in our, in our behavior sometimes, right? Think about the power of these words. Then the woman said to him, after Jesus asked a question, listen to this question. Woman, where are those who accuse you? She said, there is no one, Lord. There is no one. And then Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Think about the power of those words. Perhaps one of the big reasons why this woman was committing adultery in the first place was because she had had such a spirit of rejection on her, a sense of failure, a sense of rejection, and somehow believed that just through the affection of a man, albeit out of bounds with God's law, that she could somehow get acceptance at least for a few minutes. Jesus said, I know all that. I know all that. Neither do I condemn you. And then he gave her the grace through his words. 
through the, the favor and ability for her to see herself differently than ever before. The grace that would enable her to have a new image on the inside of herself. The grace that would see that the personification of God in heaven. Her father loved her and had a plan for her. The, the favor and ability to accept his love and not let what other people thought about her judge and condemn her life. And the ability to say no to all those inferior ways of receiving acceptance. How many of you know that everything that feels good is not the healing virtue of God? Go and sin no more. Powerful agents of grace that we have the capacity to do, reflected in the words of Jesus. Now I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 16 to one of the most powerful ways, uh, illustrations, I should say, of how words can impart grace. How words can impart grace. <laughs> Jesus had been teaching and he'd been healing and he'd been doing some mighty things. And there were all kinds of opinions circulating about him. And in chapter 16 of Matthew in verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, well, what are they saying? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man am? And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. In other words, you're somebody that is come back somehow, and he said to them, but who do you say that I am? All right, look at 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now watch this. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed, supernaturally empowered are you, Simon, son of John. Simon Barjona, son of John. Notice he called him Simon, son of John. For flesh and blood, people, has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, you are Petros. You are Peter. And on this rock, the rock of the revelation that I am the Messiah, the anointed one, the Son of God, on this rock of revelation I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Look at the words, the words of grace, the vehicles of his words that Jesus used to Simon. What do you know about Simon? Was he always Mr. Wonderful? Was he always strong and mighty? 
What kind of track record did he have? Do you know that shortly after this, shortly after this, Jesus told the disciples, I'm gonna, I am going to be led away and crucified. I will return after three days. They didn't hear I will return after three days. They heard, I'm going to be led away. I'm going to be crucified. And Petros, Peter said, no, 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 no. Not going to happen. No, not so, Lord, he said. Not so. Not going to happen. And Jesus said, that's the will of the Father. And you remember what Peter said? That's not going to happen. Even if I have to die, that won't happen. Wait a minute now. Did Jesus not know that shortly Simon Petrus was going to cave in like that? Did he not know that? Jesus didn't make a mistake with his words. He called him Petros. You're the rock of the church. You are the revelation that you have received from my father. God, my father gave you that revelation. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Sometimes we need to learn to speak words of life. We need to speak the end result instead of what we see today over people. Speak the end result over people rather than what we see today. Because human performance is always going to be inferior. What about to your children? What about to your spouse? What about to those that God has put into your world, into your employees? Do you, what, what about, are you speaking words of grace? Are your words transfer vehicles, agents of grace? God's love and acceptance and, 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 and empowerment. What, what, what else about Peter? Oh, my. You remember the night he was crucified. Peter was confronted by a young girl. And she said, you're one of his. And the Bible says he fell back on his old language. And he began to curse and swear and say, not me. I don't even know who he is. Wait, this is the man who the Lord, Jesus, said, you're the rock I'm going to build my church on. So if you can't bring yourself to speak life to somebody who's bothering you, you it, if you can't bring yourself to speak words of grace to somebody who's not doing what you want them to do, if you can't bring yourself to speak grace over somebody who is not in with the Lord yet, then you need to get over it and look at what Jesus did. You are rock. Here's what he did. He spoke the end result rather than the present circumstance. Can you do that? He spoke the end result rather than the present circumstance. 
he declared a powerful end result. He saw this weak. Did he not know that Peter was going to blow it so big time? And he didn't quit blowing it the night of the crucifixion. Look, he was a pillar of the church, and at one point Paul had to rebuke him and correct him because he was trying to make new believers go back and obey some of the old covenant law as a matter of their salvation. And Peter had to go and meet with him and, and rebuke him to his face. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. God makes choices, and he speaks life. He declares the powerful end result. What about you? What about the people in your life that you have this burden for? The people in your life who are going through some real brokenness and they're not getting it right now. What, what, what about you don't ask the Lord, why wouldn't you just go to the Lord and say, give me an opportunity, give me an audience with them, Lord. And why don't you open your mouth and release some grace to them? Why don't you say to them, here's what I see about you. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're more than a conqueror through him who loved you. You can do all things through Christ who infuses his inner strength to you. You were loved and blessed and called by name. You have an audience in heaven right now. Why don't you get in agreement with the Lord and speak an end result of grace over somebody who's struggling? There's a great passage in Ephesians 5. It's specifically addressed to husbands, but I believe it is generally true to all believers, and that is that we're to set people apart by the washing of water with the Word. When you speak the Word of God over somebody, when you edify and build them up as to who they are in Christ, what they can do in Christ, what he wants to do in them. When you speak the word of God, it's like washing their inner soul with the water of the word. It cleanses and heals and restores. The washing of water with the word. This is not too difficult. It just, the only prerequisite is, is your will. Are you willing to do it? If you see what Jesus does, do what he did. Grace, God's favor, and God's ability is carried on the vehicle of your words. What are you saying about yourself? Well, I know what my boss said about me. I know what my spouse said about me. I know what the doctor said about me. 
I know what all my teachers said about, no, wait, no, no, no. What, are you speaking in line with what God says is the truth about yourself? About yourself? About yourself? You've got to get always and never out of your vocabulary and let one filter be the only filter of what is true. And that is the Word of God. By His Spirit's voice, by His written Word. Are you doing that? My words are agents, vehicles of life or death. Let's bow our heads together. The most vital thing God's given you is relationships. You're not going to take anything else with you when you be, meet with Jesus. <laughs> but you know the relationships of those who know the Lord will continue. Totally restored. Some of you today, I'm prompted to say this, some of you today are dreading going to heaven because there are loved ones there that you think still have something against you. Let me tell you, that's a lie. It's all gone. There's nobody who's disappointed with you in heaven. There's nobody who's hurt with you or angry with you in heaven. That has been wiped away. All things have become new. Hallelujah. You say there are relationships that I just wished somebody would have known before they departed to be with the Lord. Can I tell you something? If it's good... It still lives. The Bible says we shall know fully even as we have been fully known. Some of you say I never could get my parents to really believe and understand how much I loved them. I never could. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Hallelujah. God has shown them how much you loved and cared. Any regret or failure has been washed away. It's part of grace. Part of grace. Would you say, Lord, since my words are agents and carriers of the truth. I want to be more like the Lord Jesus. I want to be more like the Word of God says. I want you to put a filter by your spirit and your word on my words. I want to take seriously that I have been declared an agent of grace. 
your favor and your ability. And let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Be the filter in my mouth, Lord. you're here today and you say, Pastor, the Spirit of God has spoken to me. And I have decided in my heart of hearts that I want to be a carrier, an agent of life. I want to learn how to speak the end result instead of just what I see today. And I've got some situations in my life with relationships that I want to learn from the Holy Spirit how to speak life. Oh, it doesn't mean that there's never a time for correction. Correction, godly correction, is part of love. But it's time we begin to speak out of the grace of God. An end result rather than a present circumstance for those He's put into our lives. If the Spirit of God has spoken to you about that today, just stand with me. Just do it. Anybody here today? Amen. Amen. I'm going to speak in line with what the Word of God says. I want that to be the filter in, the, in my mouth. Just let the Lord know, I'm making this commitment now. Help me, Holy Spirit. Be quick to correct me when I miss it. Quick to empower me when I join you in this. Lord, honor every commitment. We want to be carriers of life. Knowing that we already are, God, open our eyes that we may see it and cooperate with you in it. In Jesus' name. And all the people said, You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.